Hey, White Sox fans, do you miss us? It seems like it's been a while, or maybe it's too soon, <laughs> because you'd be right to ask as you're listening or watching or listening and watching. If you're watching, you're probably listening. Uh, why are they doing a podcast? The White Sox are 61 and 98. Why would you do a podcast? It doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, believe me, even as the host, I don't know why I'm doing it. It just seems like the right thing to do. We actually thought that we would be getting a... Uh, an off day on Thursday. And by that time, the, the White Sox would already have probably crossed 100 losses or maybe be right on the precipice of it. Uh, neither of which is true at the moment. And we didn't even have that off day on Thursday. So what we thought we'd set up for Sox Populi Podcast 160, Sox Pop, if you don't speak Latin, uh, is, is already dashed. But, uh, you know, don't fear. The team's still lousy. 100 losses is definitely in reach. Um, so, you know, there'll be that to talk about it. If, you know, if, if you're, uh, if, if, if you're a masochist, like uh, my partners on this podcast, Ryan and Melissa Sage Bolenbach, well, then you're in the right place because we're going to talk about this potential 100 loss team for, well, I don't know, as long as we can muster before we all expire. Uh, quick stats before we get to whatever we're going to talk about. I, 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 I believe me, I'm hosting. I can't really figure out what it's going to be. Uh, I will note in the race of the bottom series, I tried to pick the last uh, three series and the White Sox have crossed me up. Uh, they won the Boston series. I didn't think that would happen. They won one game against Arizona. I didn't think that would happen, but of course it's a little less urgent for Arizona with that other Chicago team sort of deciding to, to tank. So they're like backing into the second wild card. So maybe it wasn't so urgent for them today. Uh, I had them predicted at 61 and 101. Uh, they would have to be swept by San Diego. Not impossible, but I didn't think that was going to happen. I actually thought the White Sox would win the final series of the season, fill, fill somebody up, not I think the three of us, with false optimism, all that fake crap that they like to peddle all the time. You know, Chris Getz is going to hit the ground running, but now he's got to take a whole lot of time to investigate, uh, completely bereft and devoid uh, organization. I don't know. We'll be talking about that. Uh, anyway, 61 and 98. Uh, based on the run differential, uh, they're going to be a 62 and 100 team based on their 384 winning percentage. Yes, you would think a winning percentage can't get that low. We've been saying it all year, but yes, that is the White Sox winning percentage. They can't even get back to 400. When they got to 400, we are like, holy cow, there's almost a normal team now. And yeah, like three games later, they were back below that. But based on that winning percentage, uh, they should lose two of these last three. They should be a 62 and 100 team. So if it all goes according to the plan of 159 games to date, this team is going to cross uh, 100. They are locked in as the fourth worst team in baseball. They can't actually become the third because Colorado is just so darn bad. And they obviously can't, I don't know who they're chasing. They're not chasing anybody. Obviously it's been a long time since they've been chasing. Well, chasing themselves, chasing their tails, chasing mediocrity, chasing a completely amoral uh, amorality, but um, not actual real baseball team to actually become only the fifth and however that will hurt their, their draft chances. Okay, so all the possibilities are they could be a 61 and 101 team. That would make them the lock them in as the fifth worst team in White Sox history. They go 62 and 100. They're tied. They're just tied for the fifth worst. 
in White Sox history. And that will be with Ricky Renneria's 2018 team. Remember back when we were on the rise toward the so-called, well, it wasn't then. It was actually the window of contention. It wasn't so-called. That window broke like three games into whatever, 2022. Uh, so, yes, a tie with Ricky Renneria's team is very much within reach. They win the series against the Padres, which I, I predicted they do have their two best Two best pitchers uh, going, I think, in this series upcoming, uh, unless they're going to like save Dylan Cease for that next window of contention when he's 38. Uh, they'd be 63-99. That would make them tied for eighth uh, worst all-time White Sox history with the, you guess it, it's this century, 2013 White Sox team. Oh, my God, this last decade has been a joyous one. And if the White Sox sweep the Padres, because the Padres just – don't care. They're, they 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 want they want AJ Preller fired, which you know I'm I'm all on board for. Uh, Sixty four and ninety eight, still not a four hundred winning percentage, but they would fall out of the top ten worst White Sox teams ever. They would be the eleventh worst team in White Sox history. So with all those exciting numbers, hey Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Melissa Sage Bullock, welcome to the podcast. Ryan Adams uh, had themselves uh, a a an incredible. 99 left balloons like uh, like uh, Bird app that the White Sox blew by winning the game and actually playing sort of a decent game. Uh, Melissa today was on uh, the, the six-pack, probably I probably mistyped a ton, had to delete a ton because it's like lost, lost, and, and they didn't lose. So then you got to just go back and delete everything. Any pre-writing and even, frankly, probably any post-game writing, you're probably still writing as if it's a loss. And then you got to say to yourself, hey, wait a minute. I think Crystal did a, a story just in the last week or two where she just – assumed the score was a loss for the White Sox. And I actually had to correct. I was like, wait, no, hold on. This was a game they won. Uh-oh, key editing. I played a role in the last two weeks for Southside Sox, um, keeping everything right on board, rolling really well. Uh, to both of you, welcome. Not sure why you're here. Not sure why I'm here. But okay, how about this? Let's kick off. Why are you here? I got nothing better to do. <laughs> to, and, and I think you've just written the pocket schedule title for next year, right? And that is Liz, we got nothing better to do. We got nothing. <laughs> no, I'm here because like I, I took the bird app because it would would have been my normal normal Thursday, and like I watched the White Sox like two games in a row for the first time in weeks, and I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> like yeah. literally, I tuned it. I'm like, oh, Jason Bedini. I remember that. I remember listening to, to, to that fantastic broadcast. Yeah, and of course, great. today I was treated to Led Casper. So I just, I switched to the radio. Um, but why am I here? I don't even know. Ryan, I will warn you, one more game in a row you watch, that will trigger an, an intervention. So be ready. I mean, I may pop up. I don't know. Melissa may pop I mean, she may no, drive. No. I don't know. Somebody going to pop up intervention no. time. I'm, I'm done. This, this, this <laughs> was it. This was it. I'm done for. All right. I, 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 I'm, I'll, I'm, let you, I'm like, I'll let you know. That's you know, for me this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't blame you. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, acquit yourself, uh, Melissa. Why are you here? Well, I am here because I'm actually going to miss baseball. <laughs> like, I know it's been bad baseball, but always at the end of the, the season, you're like, oh, man. Like, I got to wait until, you know, late March, early April for this to all start over again. Like, yeah, it's probably good because we all need a mental break. But um, there is a little piece of me that is like a little bit sad. So I want to try to enjoy what I can. And it's the people you meet along the way. So how could I pass up hanging out with some of my peeps talking about the team when we're at the very end? So it's like, 
yay, we're at the end. And oh, we're at the end. Yeah. 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 It kind of just hit me that, that like Sunday is the last game of the season. Yeah. I mean, September for me is completely flown by. So I don't even know what day it is. But I'm like, we have three games left. And that's, oh, uh, that makes my heart hurt. At least we have some playoffs, not, not, you know, not our team. Well, at least we have some playoff to look forward to. It will be covered with game threads on Southside Sox. Stick around. It's surely to sure to get as much activity as we've been getting this last dead second half of the season. Not that I blame any of you, dear listeners, viewers, readers, uh, passerby. Um, Melissa, making a pitch to be on the, you know, as always on the very next podcast. Melissa, you don't, you don't need to say you're going to miss us. You know, you you can come to any podcast you want. No doubt about it. Now, Ryan, um, uh, they, uh, their, their record this year was, uh, you were always, uh, you, well, no, actually come to think of it. Wait, you two were sort of at, toward the start of the season. You were really the hard luck duo. And I think Ryan was probably like usually second to last. Melissa was in last for a while. Melissa lately, I mean, I won't say you've got like a winning streak, but things, the fortunes have turned. I think you are safe from the seller of coverage this year. Ryan, of, of course, uh, definitely oh, I'm, is. I'm done for. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, the truth is, picked up a, win, a, a very unexpected win today. So, you know, it's another reason to. I might be like four and 10 or something. I don't, I, I can't even keep track. I know it was like, oh, and nine at one point. Yeah. Like, you know, coming on board and like covering this team and going four <laughs> and nine on coverage days. That was, yes, that was bloody fantastic. Thanks for inviting me again, Brett. Yeah, I was just going to say, not to always go back to this theme, but it's sort of, you know, obviously, because this has seemed like five seasons, Ryan. No offense. I I do forget this is is really a first experience. (laughs) Oh, you poor soul. I I feel like a grizzled veteran at this point. Yeah. For all the the writing I've done and all the times I've watched this wretched team, Trying to find interesting, interesting right. things to say in a bird app when, like, today I'm like scraping the bottom of the barrel to find interesting tweets for an afternoon game that, like, they claim they sold out and it was a ghost town on TV. Yeah. Like, I could have been a whole bird app on tweets about how empty the dollar day was. Like, yeah. 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 Uh, service time wise, Ryan, just so you know, service time based on this being the season, especially as a uh, a freshman season for you, uh, that five years service time accumulated. So you, I mean, if we're counting it, believe me, we're counting it plus because this is suffering that no one should have to do. Sorry, <laughs> Melissa, yeah, you got thought, in, you got in at the end of last season. So, I did. I thought, uh, yeah. I thought you that don't was get the multiplier. Bad. Yeah. I was like, really? I'm like, I'm writing about this team and they're just 500. 500. And yeah. Only, only 500. They were, they were just 500 last year. Cl- yeah. Yes, clamoring. Forty games under now. Yeah. What are we doing? Why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, let's do a uh, a spontaneous speed round. Speaking of five hundred, what year will the White Sox next be five hundred? Melissa, tell me first. Oh gosh, it's. I mean, we're not going to hold you to it, but yeah. What does your gut say? My my gut's saying, thinking about all those guys that we've got in Double A, it's going to at least be twenty twenty six. Okay, Ryan, we're talking about like at five hundred, not like not like a good team. 
just merely yeah, just at merely least five hundred. Not a losing team. At least five hundred. Oh, I gotta go like twenty twenty seven. I'll, I'll like <laughs> like what's I'll, I'll price is ride it and do it like one one after Melissa here because I yeah. I don't see like guess I'll give him I'll give it credit for trying and making some interesting hires, but the farm system's barren and these guys the guys in triple A, like the guys in double A who knows what they end up being like this yeah. team this org just can't they can't develop talent for shit. And so what's to say it's going to change this time around? And I like four, four years, four years feels generous at this point. I would, I would say we've jaded you, but no, you're just being a smart fan there. You know, my gut when I'm asking this spontaneous question was to say 2026 and not just to prices, right? But actually when you just mentioned the word uh, gets, Ryan, I had to revise. I'm, 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 I'm going to top you. Getting to go last, I'm going to top you. I'm going to say 2028 because it's definitely not around the corner. Definitely not next year. 2020. I mean, you, you could, you could see a case for something like even as soon as 20, uh, 2028. That's no, that's too harsh. I may, maybe I'll go with you, Ryan, at 2027 because that, that is a lot. That's five years. Yeah, but when we're just talking 500, like yeah, right. And I mean, this is still the division. Minnesota's not running away. You know, they're a crappy I, team I, and they won a division. So, right. I, yeah, I think I think I I'm gonna like maintain right. like a shred of optimism. Right. And think that with some of this new direction and leadership <laughs> and some of the trades that we made, I I gotta hold on to something. I I just have to hold on to yeah, something for 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 a cup half empty person. That's interesting because you know I I have to be the one to remind Melissa. It could go the other way too. The new leadership could make us worse. And I would argue, you know, if you have to, you're not flipping a coin. I, if you had to, you had to bet. Probability seems bet. high. Like, like Jr. is still in charge, and he went internal on his hire. Like, probability seems really high that they're actually. I don't know if they're going to be worse next year, but there's a good chance they're worse next year. Okay. All right. Now let's, let's, you know, I guess we're going to just do uh, speed rounds to the break because now I have to seize on this, especially what I just heard from Ryan, which shocks me, but uh, it is, uh, the question is going to be as we melt, uh, as I'm going to try to speak, as we welcome in uh, Malachi Hayes as well to make this a quartet of suffering. Uh, the speed round question to get you up to speed, Malachi, that we are just beginning now, and I'm going to start. I'm going to go right back to Ryan, and that is, uh, well, yeah, okay, it's a simple question. I, are they going to be worse next year? And I cannot believe that you just even hedged on that, Ryan. So I'm going to give you a chance to tell me whether or not you think the White Sox are going to be worse next year. Yes, unequivocally, it'll be worse. Yeah. Okay. In fact, it, let's even modify this to really challenge all of you. Uh, I mean, I don't even have what the very. I mean, the, the White Sox have had terrible, terrible teams. Forty-eight team, three teams in the early thirties are all beyond horrible. I mean, well, well worse. The White this year's team couldn't lost a chance to. I mean, the magic number to catch any of those teams was gone quite a while ago. They were so bad, uh, but. Uh, to do it in a simple way, the most losses the White Sox ever had on 105 in 1970. Do they cross, assuming they're going to be worse next year? And I think, I mean, Melissa, don't even try to hit me with the positivity that tells 
that tells us all in a public forum that they're going to be better next year. I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to make you change your answer. But the question will be, will they uh, match or cross or fall short of 105 losses? Ryan, I'm going to go right back to you. Uh, what are they going to do? Uh, we're going to talk about this all off season. This is real premature, but as you just brought it up, uh, okay, now let's speed round this. So 105 losses. Uh, yeah, 105, 105 is their worst ever. Yes, or most losses, not worst team, but most losses with 100. Right, right. In the modern, in the in the modern 162. Yeah. Yep. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm. I don't even feel like it's going out on the limb. They're going to tie that next year. Okay, tie that. My, there's right. my prediction. They they okay. will. They won't, they won't eclipse it, but they will tie it. All right. We got no Jackie Crestle here on this podcast, so good vibes. Melissa Sage <laughs> Bolenbach is stepping up to the plate to tell us that they're only going to lose 90 games next year. How many are they going to lose next year, Melissa? Yeah, no, I wasn't alive in 1970, and so I'm going to say that they're – I'm not going to have like the most losses ever for this franchise in my lifetime. Okay. Not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> I right. refuse to believe. Okay. So yeah, no, I don't think so. I, I, okay. I think they can be equally as bad, but I don't really see them being much worse because like they're bringing back mostly the same people. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> so, like it's kind of going to be a replay of this. <laughs> <laughs> you just really scared me, Melissa, because yes, that is a real problem. Okay, good vibes, Melissa Sage Bolenbach, bringing it home with somewhere between 82 and uh, what's it going to be? Oh, 98. I don't know. I guess they're going to sweep this mm -hmm. last season. Too. Okay, Maliki, not to... Uh, you know, not to make you hit the ground running here, but uh, give me give me your early call on lost total next year. I'll put it in like the ninety five ish range. The thing for me is that like it's hard, it's pretty hard to lose a hundred games in a season if you're not trying to. You know, you, it, think no, it is the Sox have been around for one hundred twenty <laughs> years and they've done it. Like, and this is like the fifth time to lose a hundred this year and. and but the point being, the only teams yeah. you look you look back at it historically, at least recently, you know, the only teams to really be that bad back to back mm -hmm. years lose a hundred multiple are teams that were either a explicitly tanking, you know, the yeah. Orioles, the Astros, or yeah. the Kansas City Royals, which are probably the one organization that might be constituted measurably worse than the White Sox. Um, and the fact is, you know, they're not going to tank. They're not going to try to lose. Not everyone. I think so many things went wrong this year. Uh, they're not going to be very good. I think, I think it would just be really hard for them to be as to be for them to be this bad next year. Okay. It's, okay. You know, yeah, they they have enough. Put it this way: I suspect that by the second half of next year, their the roster is at least going to be in slightly better shape, not good shape. Uh, I I think we can do. I think just based on the contract situation. Uh, I think there's probably a we're probably going to have a better second half rotation than Jesse Schultz, Tuki Toussaint, and and Luis Petito. I mean, it's such a low bar right now that okay. I think they would have to actually try to be as bad again next year. <laughs> Melissa, I got really bad news for you. I hope you I hope you didn't get any business. I hope you did not reprint your business cards for Southside Sox because you have already been displaced. It is Maliki good vibes. Hayes bringing it for just ninety five. Losses next year. All right, I'll make this quick before only, the break. Only 95, yeah. just 95. I'll make right, this quick before right. the break. They are absolutely going to lose more than 105 games. I'll say 100 because all, all of you, well, 
Ryan accepted, I suppose. Way to go, Ryan. Uh, I've been so positive. Okay, I'll concede. I'll say 106. Yes, they are absolutely going to lose the most games in White Sox history. And and, and total respect to what you're saying, Malachi, but they weren't trying this year and they could lose 101. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what's going to change, but you're right. By the second half next year, I mean, if if things at all are going to plan, whatever this window is or rebuild or whatever, whatever mode we're in now, you know, if you're getting some of that talent up, beginning to get their feet wet and they actually sort of hit the ground running instead of the way most of our ballyhooed prospects uh, do these days or recent vintage, uh, then yeah, their, their second half will be something maybe actually to, to hang a hat on. We're having a different podcast a year from now, as if any of us are somehow going to live as Sox fans for another year to suffer through Sox pop one ninety eight or whatever it will be by then. But I, yeah. Okay. I'm going to stick to my guns, even though I'm conceding Malachi's point And to some degree, sort of good vibes, Sage Mullenbox. Uh, no, I'm going to still go. I'm, I'm with Ryan on this one. A 106 next year. Strap in. Uh, it's going to be so ugly next year. But we have all offseason to talk about it. And boy, I can't wait to have every one of our podcasts somehow dominated by how awful the White Sox or how they'll only be slightly awful. They'll be slightly less awful in, in Malachi's uh, eyes next year. Oh, let's take a break. I, I need some air. Um, maybe I'll be back. Otherwise, these three will, will bring home a podcast about, I don't know, 100 losses or something. Uh, hang with us. Uh, listen to whatever Fans First Sports Network has to sell you. I'm sure it's good stuff. Hang with us. White Sox fans, Sox Pop 160. Mothership's been away for a while, I think. I don't know. I can't keep track anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm ground down. We're all ground down. I'm here with three regular coverage folks on Southside Sox. So you know they are beaten, battered, and bruised. And it's not even the visible like scarring. It's like it's like getting hit with the bag of oranges scar. It's all the internal bleeding. It's the bruising you might not see. These people, and they're smiling now. They're lovely, lovely people. I love them to all three, but well, they're hurting. They are suffering. <laughs> and we are crawling through now this last weekend of the season. The mighty San Diego Padres just teetering around 500. Massive disappointment, San Diego Padres. Uh, <laughs> get in line. Hold our beer for massive disappointments, Padres. But, you know, it really comes down to White Sox win uh, the series this last weekend. They avoid 100 losses. They lose the series and or get swept, of course. They're going to be one of the uh, they're well they are they're almost locked in as a fifth worst team in White Sox history, but a sweep could get them out of the top ten worst White Sox teams in history. Something to fight for, and actually two of the teams well I guess the only only two decent pitchers left on the White Sox. I don't know if that's unfair. Malachi will correct me, but uh, I think are due to pitch in the Padres series. So, I mean, that has to give the Sox a shot at least of avoiding a sweep, but we'll see. Uh, how do we think this last weekend's going to go? Or do we want to talk about it because I, we all hate the White Sox? Lose two or three, even hundred. All right. Like okay. Let's, even though it's very yeah, hard I, to do without trying, they're going to still get there. Yeah. I mean, look, I can't speak to the, uh, state of the San Diego clubhouse or anything, but I can imagine how from a competitive standpoint, it might mean something to them, at least a little bit in the grand scheme of things to not be below 500. Yeah. Lord knows the Sox ain't playing for shit. So I mean, 
it's hard to see them winning more than, than one. I, it just uh, doesn't look good on the chalkboard in the clubhouse, Malachim. And it's like, okay, you know, what, what's the rat? What's the t-shirt they're printing up about like avoiding 100. I, yeah, it just doesn't have that same uh, sexy ring to it. So mm -hmm. especially because, yeah. hey, you know, Mel, there's been a lot of whispers around about Bob Melvin and, and AJ Prowler and their job security and everything. So, I mean, it's, they're just a better team too. So yes. uh, two or three is the easy safe answer right there. Yes. <laughs> it's worth, it's worth saying again, Maliki, I, I, I don't think you were around, but what a shame it would be if AJ Prowler lost his job. I will break my heart. Ha! Uh, gosh, I don't know if I'd still be able to be a baseball fan. Uh, Ryan, Melissa, what are we thinking about in this? I mean, not necessarily a prediction per se. Malachi's thrown down for a hundred. I, in my thing of the last three series, I mean, it's all like dash now because the White Sox are actually playing better than I predicted. I thought they'd end up at one on one. I wouldn't say that now. I guess I'll still stick with I th that. I think they will win this. Uh, even though I think Blake Snell is maybe still lined up for the last game. I don't know if they're going to make him do that or not, but he's a free agent. So why wouldn't they just burn him? You know, right. If he's not, if he's, is he coming back? I don't even know what the situation is there, but uh, I, I'll still say the White Sox win this. I stay, I will say they will somehow avoid a hundred losses. Go figure. So sorry, Malachi. I hope you didn't print up your business cards because it's Brett. Good vibes. Valentini here with you on the Sox pop number one sixty podcast. I'm going to throw it now to Ryan and or Melissa to tell us what they think is going to happen here in this thrilling, compelling last series of the season against San Diego. Well, I, I've been so tuned out that I thought this was a road series coming up. I thought the Sox <laughs> were going to San Diego to close out. And then I was like, I was really surprised yesterday when I was watching the game and they're like, that appreciation day on Sunday. And I'm like, what? It would make sense. I would hold a fan appreciation day in San Diego. It actually would make some sense. Uh, so that so knowing now, Ryan, that the big home field advantage uh, is actually intact yeah, for the White Sox, yeah. that change your prediction? Um, well, I mean, I expected a loss today, so I can't go like I, I can't confidently say that they're going to get swept because you never know. San Diego might just you know shit themselves and lose the game, or just like not care on the last day. But like. When when your matchups are C's redacted in Urena, Arena, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Like that's how bad it is. Um, I don't see them winning two, so I, I'm going to go like right. you no know, same boat. Hundred losses right. on the dot. I was hoping right. for more, but but you know, <laughs> 60, 62 and one hundred. Yeah. Bravo, bravo, okay. Jr. Bravo. Yeah. Yes, they crawled their way to be as good as the Ricky Renteria 2018 crew, which we were we had we were on Death Watch all year. That was like early on. It was like, oh my God, this could be the worst ever. And uh, they actually almost lost their I want to say close to their last ten games of the season. It was just some weird walk Daniel Palka walk off that kept them from losing like nine in a row to end the season. So. Uh, go figure. Um, they they really wanted it. They they really wanted those hundred. The white if this year's White Sox has that kind of want to. Oh my God, it's going to be a hundred one loss season, no doubt about it. Uh, Melissa, you, you were good vibes, then it got sort of stolen from you. Then I took it, so I don't know. You feel free to to grab that half uh, empty glass if you want. But uh, you're going to sing song our way through a San Diego series that sees a win, series win, like like apparently I'm seeing. I, so I, I think it's with this stupid ass team, it's always expect the unexpected, right? So, and we've been like, yeah, they're going to get a hundred losses. Uh, of course, they're not going to, they're just not going to. So they're going to end up with 99 losses. And so that we can all be like, damn it, they didn't get to a hundred losses. 
So yeah, it, I, it's just, it's that, that's a White Sox thing to happen. It just is like today, like Ryan was saying, like, oh, I got this 99 thing all planned out and they're totally going to lose and get swept because Arizona is so much better. No. And then they actually go out and they play good defense like Andrew Vaughn's diving all over the place. Andrew Benatendi's jumping. And I'm just like, who are these people? Why did they not play like all year? So, no, they're not going to make 100 because that would just make too much sense. Yeah. They're rallying for Pedro. They just they feel the guy. They're rallying for him. They know they want it. They want they want it guaranteed. Even though it's already been guaranteed, they want it really double guaranteed, double plus guaranteed that he's here all year next year. So they're going to rally for the guy. See, so you, Brett, you say that, but I I think the reason why they're going to lose 105 next year is because if if we thought like he like Pedro didn't get the buy in this year, next year's going to be worse because they're going to tune his ass out. Mm-hmm. Like if if half his core is still here, that just like coasted through this season. They're not. Maybe oh, yeah. Jets has more stones and starts cutting guys that are like towards the end of their deal. But right, yeah, I, very, I very, it. very bold of you to assume that they haven't tuned him out completely already. Exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. Fair yes, point. For the record, for the record, I was being facetious because yeah, first of all, I could care less, and second of all, yes, if I had to bet again, bringing up betting a lot again, and maybe, who knows, maybe that was the ad you just heard from fans for certain with. It's out there. It's out there in the world. It's on. It's on our Southside Sox site constantly and believe me i hate it and now rob manford talks about having a special broadcast just for gambling i hate all of it but in a casual sense yes if i was a betting person i would i would say they have turned this guy out and they could care less uh i don't think he ever had the clubhouse to be to be honest but you know that's like may talk i want to talk may no what i want to know now is and this really sounds like the podcast we're going to have when we just discuss our predictions for the season which is probably upcoming that's probably like socks pop 163 or something but uh i'm gonna we're gonna do a sneak preview of that and i want to know i'm gonna start with maliki we're gonna reverse the order here this time i want to know especially because i think of the four of us maliki you were logically and smartly i think using mostly logic that said this division was horrendous by the way spot on there uh so the white Sox will just bubble a little bit to the top just based on the fact that it's a terrible division and a team like the twins you know is going to rival rival the Sox to win a division and the twins are a bad team so uh point being you were maybe the most positive so what was your i mean we're just discussing this preposterously in september 2023 we're talking about losing 100 games or whether they won't 99 or 100 losses clearly none of us thought that at prediction time really maybe going in not that we tend to think this way as fans or as human beings right what's the worst case scenario but in your mind at the time of predicting going to the season what really did you think was the worst possible outcome of this year i'm going to guess a lot of folks would say maybe having like another 500 year but really what realistically did you think like you even said almost everything bad this year did happen to get them uh pushing for 100 losses but you probably didn't envision it was was there something you had in mind that might be like the worst uh outcome of this season I think it was this. I mean, this does yeah. not, it, it is surprising in the sense that you mm-hmm. never expect all yeah. things to go wrong. Uh, but you've been looking, this could have, I think this could have happened last year too, honestly. I mean, you go back to, it's been, you know, two or three yeah. years on this site now. And really going back to the second half of 2021, that 2021 yeah. off season, yeah. you know, I, I, I've been up here with a few other folks basically screaming, they're not doing enough. The bottom could fall out on this team very, very yeah. easily. Pretty much everything I said, I think, you know, one of the things I said before the 2022 season was that, you know, yeah, you know, they're, 
they're projected for 95 wins or something like that. But, uh, you know, but with the way the roster constructed, they could be a lot closer to 80 or mm-hmm. 75 than we would ever imagine. That ended up being, you know, close to reality. Yeah. And I don't think there was a single sane person who came into this season thinking that they had in any way, shape or form a better roster than last no. year. I mean, the the bounce back that they tried to sell us on was was nothing, yeah. wasn't the pipe dream, at least in 2022, coming off of a division championship. You could, you know, you could envision a world where, you know, some of these performances happen and they still won 90 games again. You didn't have that at all coming into this year. And while I am surprised that quite as many things went wrong as they did. You know, I, I did not expect Dylan Cease to be a number one pitcher again this year. I did not expect him to be this bad either. I did not expect Eloy Jimenez to suddenly not be able to put the ball in the air. You know, I did not expect Johan Moncada to wait four and a half months before he finally started to get rolling, Mm -hmm. but I would be lying if I said that I had not, I was not very well aware that this was a possibility, maybe not a Mm -hmm. distinct one, Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was not something that should have been unfathomable. Mm-hmm. Okay, so doubling back right to you and to challenge you, because Lord knows that's what I'm about. I'm about being a controversial, angry uh, podcast host. Uh, so you said um, none of us, and I agree, would have thought this team was better than last year, 82-81 win team. Uh, you had them, I want to say, 90-91. So that is just a factor of this division being just so vulnerable that though you know, basically the whole division is is getting worse, so the Sox have that shot. It, that was the thinking? Well, the thinking the thinking was that the variance in this team was really, really high because just as much as there was the – the division is a big factor too, obviously, but just like I just said – uh, you know, none of the things, you know, Tim Anderson had a bad second half last year. Andrew Vaughn hadn't shown too many flashes and mm-hmm. anything else other than flashers. You know, Yasmani Grandal mm-hmm. looked very washed last year. Yeah. Uh, we know Yoan Moncada can't stay healthy. So none of the things that I just mentioned were particularly unfathomable. And at the same time, I don't think it would have been terribly surprising at the same if, if you know, Yoan Moncada had had a good year and played like he had the last month and a half because he still clearly does have it to some extent, you know. Mm-hmm. Tim Anderson had a tough second half last year, but he was also probably you know one of the best hitters on the team overall mm-hmm. uh, in the first half last year. I, the the criticism that I had relative to the rest of the fan base, I think, was that this was a really high variance team, and we were way underselling the low end of that yeah. variance. We were way underestimating. We were talking literally, we yeah, yeah. No, we were talking as if there was an eighty percent chance that everything would go right and a twenty percent <laughs> chance that everything would go wrong. <laughs> As opposed to, you know, relatively even shots. So I still, and when it comes to preseason projections for the White Sox, you know, yes, I don't like bragging about being right when they lose a hundred win, when they lose a hundred. You know, at the end of the day, I don't really want to be that guy. Right. And I remember that uh, coming up, like Brian, who also had him in the nineties, a win. I think some of the mentality was just, if I'm predicting, I'm okay. I'm going to go a little, I want the team to get into the 90 wins. So yeah. Okay. That's going to be, especially with you saying very clearly, it could be 62. It could be 92. I'd rather be 92. All right, let's pick 92. Yes. Obviously I was a lot more optimistic. Uh, You know, (laughs) I would be lying if I said like, I, I'm not going to say I didn't genuinely believe they had a chance. I thought they genuinely could have done 90, 92 wins and it wouldn't have been insane. Um, I didn't really expect it, uh, but it's, you know, that, that's, that's again, what's so infuriating about them is that you look at the other teams around the league that are this bad, you know, the Rockies and the Royals and the A's, they don't have a player who's as good as Luis Robert. They don't have a pitcher who's as good when he's on as Dylan Cease, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't have a pitcher as solid as Lucas. Like they don't, 
They didn't have those guys. They didn't have a starting shortstop in the all-star game. You know, the baseline level of talent is still like frustratingly high. It's the same story we've seen for 25 years, but I think that's, that's the MO though. That's been their MO since 2005, build really high variance teams and hope it strikes gold. And so you can, you can, you can pick on the high side every year. I probably will um, Mm -hmm. unless I'm getting like paid for, uh, you know, my, my serious, serious, serious objective, mm-hmm. serious man opinion, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that's, that's kind of the nature of the teams that Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn built. Mm-hmm. Suffice to say, and confidential to all of you, dear, dear readers, listeners, viewers, none of us here get paid enough to have a serious, 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 serious take on the White Sox. So please feel free next year as we go in it as everybody swings and goes way under to still stick positive. Now, next year's positive, Malky will probably be like, yeah, it'll be 500. But yes, expect a real huge shift next year's predictions. But that's podcast like 670. So we're going to get there. I'm a hot seat now. Uh, perhaps with a, even a briefer answer than I challenged Malachi to their uh, apologies there. Didn't want to make you sweat, but uh, Melissa. All right. Uh, we're, we're, I mean, again, famously glass half empty. Um, so clearly you, you probably actually did envision how um, horrific things could turn, but uh, did you, and what was it? And was it this? I, I don't I don't remember how many wins I picked. I'm going to have to refresh my memory, but I mean, I definitely, yeah, I was, I was riding the the White Sox hope train like that. We always ride, right? You, you hope that the injuries are, I mean, my gosh, it can't be any worse than it was Mm -hmm. before with all the, you know, people falling left and Mm -hmm. right. And, and just the nature of being a fan, like, it's at the beginning and then I made the mistake of going to spring training and it's, I just got sucked into like all the verbiage. And so I remember, I remember a pitching MVP. That's all I'm going to say. I remember a pitching MVP. <laughs> I, I, I remember. Oh my, <laughs> one thing I do remember is that I picked Michael Kopech. <laughs> Sorry. I had to bring it up. Yeah, good. yeah, he was going to be our Cy Young candidate. Woo, how wrong on that yeah. one, big time. But, yeah. um, but be again, I was just like, he has to get better, right? Mm-hmm. Like he just, he, he has to get better. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, why I traditionally do tend to like look at the negative side of things when it comes to like the beginnings, I'm, tr- I'm not jaded yet. Like yeah. I forget all of my 50 years of yeah. misery for some reason. And I get excited because mm-hmm. spring's anew. And, mm-hmm. and if, if you can't, I, you know, if you can't somehow find hope, then, you know, why are we even here? So. Yeah. Good question. Again, another pocket sc- schedule. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's free. That's free to you, White Sox. Uh, uh, White Sox 2024. Why are we, we even here. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. Melissa's like, I was not alive for 105 losses. It's never going to happen. So forget it. It can't, you know, how bad can it be? I, no, I don't blame you. Okay. Ryan, um, uh, give me your take on what you thought worst case could be. And was it anything like this? Maliki has acknowledged it probably was this. Melissa said, no way. Copex I young. Uh, Ryan, where do you fall? I probably... Like, I've got to look back. Like, I predicted 78 and 84 because I, I looked at, I watched Rick Hahn twiddle his thumbs all winter and not improve the roster. And I read a lot of people saying that, oh, there's going to be a post-Tony Rusa bump that 
having having anybody but Tony Lelusa in that locker room is gonna is gonna <laughs> you know fire him up. Um, I I think I dropped a hundred bucks to go to opening day the day of, and dear God, that was a mistake. Um, I think I had like seventy eight and eighty four. I probably figured like low nineties losses was was the potential, like to yeah. like, but I. There is still talent on the roster. I didn't expect, like, coming in, watching them do nothing. I didn't expect them to completely crater like this. I knew something like this was possible, but I didn't think we'd be on the precipice of a hundred losses. Yeah. Like, that seemed way out of the realm of possibility, even with, like, the diminished level of talent, the talent yeah. that has diminished. And, like, yeah. it somehow got worse. Yeah. And like forgot how to play baseball and just stopped caring. Yeah. This is why and, we think. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm saying like, and now we're at, we're talking about 98 losses predicting a hundred and nobody saw that. And, and don't look behind the curtain for next year. Cause me and Ryan got a surprise for you. Uh, well, this is why we pay uh, Malachi the big, 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 big bucks to, to anticipate these variances because I like you, Ryan, I, I, I probably would have said about the same, like a nine rather than 92 win, which I guess I could have conceived as being the, the upside of this team. Maybe I didn't even see that variance. I definitely would have seen maybe at worst. Yeah. The 90, like the low nineties lost, like if everything goes wrong, you know, I don't know, you know, somebody dies or there's a, there's a strike or I, you know, whatever is going on. Uh, no fans show up, a new, new pandemic, you know, whatever it was going to be. I don't think I would have yeah, ever anticipated. I don't even think that's cause I'm like uh, a sunny fan who, who drops a hundo for opening day or who, you know, you know, gets all, you know, excited. about. I got excited. Like I wanted to believe after the Houston series, like, okay, maybe they actually have something here. Right. You know, we escaped Houston 500 and actually looked yeah. decent in two of the games. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, let's, yeah. let's, let's go for it. San Francisco wasn't some big hot team. And yeah. Michael Kulpak gave up what, seven homers on opening day. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, I yeah. barely remember it because I was drinking a lot just to like <laughs> come to thing. Yeah. Like it was a like it was a worse roster coming in. And so I expected a step back, but damn. Okay, hot seat. Let's put Ryan under the microscope for that drinking. Now, did at least some of it start out as happy drinking? And then clearly it it became not happy drinking. But well, did it even I, start I, as happy drinking? It started as happy drinking because I, I I had just come on board here and I went to the tailgate and I was and I met a bunch of people that I knew online and I had a jolly old time and then we got to our seats and <laughs> raining and and like before we knew it, it was like five nothing and I'm like well, I'm just like well I mean I'm gonna go to the stand again and get myself another drink because I. I'm burning money. Well, I might as well have a good time somehow. I'll just strike up a, 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 a chat with the concessionaire because I don't want to have to look at home plate or the scoreboard. Or I went way. like I went and found Jackie and Allie that were like you know ten rows behind me and went and hung out with them because yeah. like my seats up front where I was all lonely and being like I'm sitting here miserable like drinking oh, yeah. alone. I might as well go oh, yeah. join some friends or something. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. The opening day buzz. 
burns off, but then kicks up as well. Uh, all right. I guess let's wind this up. Uh, I don't know. These aren't really speed rounds. And obviously, clearly, no agenda aside from giving you some stats at the top of the podcast. What, am I a host or something? Forget it. Uh, but let's t- <laughs> dig deep for this one. I'm going to start with Melissa. So she's really on the hot seat because I don't even know if there's an answer for this. What is something? I won't even say the most positive, but I would just ask for something positive. But it could be the most because there's probably like one thing. I don't know even know what it is. So there's probably not a big list for you, Melissa. But is there something positive from this season you've taken away? And I can anticipate one type of answer, and it's going to be sweet, and I can't wait to hear it. But I'm going to also ask at least for something between the lines, between the chalk, on the field, um, or related to on the field. That was positive. What do you got for me? You can say nothing because I think that's a fair answer. But was there anything? Ah, uh, so I will say that Andrew Vaughn is kind of starting to win me over a little bit. Wow. So I can see, I can see the potential there. So I've, I've really liked what I've seen, like since the All Star break from him. Um, and so maybe that truly getting him in his position, having him there for a year, maybe next year he'll, I mean, he just hit 80 REIs today. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, that's not terrible. I mean, he's a hell of a lot better than Jose Abreu is this year. I'd say that much. Um, so I, I feel like I might be, I might be a little bit of an Andrew Vaughn fan and, mm. and kind of really pulling for him. And I, I think think there's some potential there so the uh, nike adidas i don't know what your contract is i don't know if the white Sox have a contract i don't look at people's shoes unless they're cool and colorful uh well whoever whoever you wear andrew get them to put some get them to put some lifts in those spikes it's gonna make you a better defensive first baseman you shouldn't be as tall as me and play first base i'm i'm sorry He's not like, negative though in in defensive run saved. Like that's a plus. Yeah, I mean, okay. Everybody else on the team pretty much. Hey, I'm successful. persuadable. It was just a suggestion. You mean you doesn't have to wear them? He'll say, "Oh, they don't fit right. They make my they make my head look too small." You know, whatever. Okay. Uh, all right, Malachi, uh, Mr. Variance, um, give me a make up a positive variance about this team. I mean, I, I think there's one obvious one that Melissa didn't mention, and then of course there's all the you know off-field stuff about different buzzes we got at different games or something. But um, give me something, maybe having to do something with the roster that was positive in your mind, if, if there was. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll go, I'll go deep cut and leave the, uh, okay. leave the obvious one to All right. two of y'all. And I've been, oh, we got an animal party in here. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's barking. <laughs> and, um, but, uh, and this is the smallest really of silver linings. Uh, but the fact that Andrew Benintendi's powers started to come back to him a tiny bit the last month and a half or so of the season, uh, he started lifting the ball more, hitting it a little bit harder. He put out four or five homers, which look, I'm still, you know, not really worth the contract, not the biggest fan. Uh, but we knew this is why it was so you know, dumb at the time is he's coming off a pretty serious wrist injury last year. One that historically speaking, we know pretty concretely tends to sap a hitter's power for at least a year or two. It takes a while for that to come back. So it does give me a little bit of hope that, you know, at the end, I mean, you know, he was a fine singles hitter. You don't pay 80 million bucks for a singles hitter. It does give me a little bit of hope that maybe next year, some of that doubles and a little bit of over the fence power might come back and we might actually get ourselves a slightly above average. Mm, okay. 
Okay. And because we never actually want to talk about the White Sox on these podcasts, I'm going to acknowledge the presence of, I believe it's Fred, Fred Sage Bolenbach, I think, uh, who I don't think we've actually gotten to know the name yet of uh, the, the, the Maliki uh, pet. Uh, who's that there? This is this is Silver. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, I think I've heard Silver's name before, yeah. so I could be wrong. Uh, making the rounds. And uh, it, it was a dine and dash with Ryan. But, uh, yeah, he, he uh, they had their uh, pet there um, briefly. Um, I don't know if it <laughs> ha- has its a name beyond character name. But, yes, I think we do have our picture for this this particular podcast post. I uh, wish I, I'm sorry. I don't. Uh, I, I can't be the fourth here, but uh, okay, Ryan, we're looking for something positive. Something positive outside the obvious of like Louis Robert. Well, I mean, it's there for you to take. You can slide right in there. It's there for you to take. I'm, I'm taking that because I'm like, I'm like bottom of the barrel trying to find something else and nothing comes to mind. Like we got a hundred, hundred games of Louis Robert and he, Almost hit 40 homers and looked like the legitimate star. Like at, at certain points, he looked like that legitimate superstar that you want to build your team around. I mean, he stayed mostly healthy for a change. The, you know, the, the wrist injury or no, the, the knee injury, it's a, it's a knee, it's a knee this time. Mm-hmm. Like it's not encouraging, uh, like an MCL sprain, but you know, it's, if it's not a tear, we're probably okay. Um, but that's like, that's the best I could come up with because there are so many negatives with this team that it's hard to really find something like even Andrew Vaughn looking better, like, okay, yay. Our first round, first, first round pick. Yay. Our $75 million man is actually looking like, you know, somebody worth having. Hey, we're trying, uh, Ryan. We're yeah. trying. Hey, I know, no, 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 like no argument for me. Those are both, those are both good picks. But like, we're scraping if like that's if that's the best we can come up with. This I mean, I think the easy. obvious one. This, <laughs> I mean, this was not an easy question. I you thought this was going to be some cakewalk podcast. They never are. We we're supposed to be laughing. We're supposed to be happy. This is this is baseball. It's serious. It's sports, right? Put your we we on. we. We laugh to numb the pain. Yeah. Well, no pets. This is serious. Uh, well, okay. I'll suggest but another, I suppose, obvious one and hat tip to, I know at least Adrian, I want to say a couple others went against the Oscar Colas, jumped off the Oscar. Oh, not, maybe not necessarily. Maybe thought Oscar Colas was going to be pretty good too, but said that Gregory Santos would be the top worker in the White Sox. I think he's proven to be because... <laughs> Are are there are there even others? Are there any other positive players on the team? Corey uh, the Lehigh, that- baby. <laughs> oh, I it breaks my heart. You know, I was just thinking the other day when I was looking at his uh, the war or something about her, he was in the cold cats poll again or something. And I thought and I thought I, the first thing I thought back to was the podcast we did where we got the news of the trade. And oh no, I guess this was actually this was Quero. So, okay, never mind. Yeah, but I was thinking okay. it was Corey Lee. I was thinking at the time you were like, hey, man, that's a, actually a pretty good, you know, return giving uh-huh. us a rental, et cetera. And I thought, oh, my God, how quickly is that falling? Okay, for Kendall Grayman, yeah, who cares? Yeah, Corey Lee. All right, well, accepting Corey Lee, no offense, Corey. I'm wrong about many things. You'll have your chance. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, get in line. Uh, yeah, but Gregory Santos, listen, I mean, you want to talk about a guy who probably was, that really did probably hit his top percentile for 
for best expectations. I mean, even Luis, Luis Rivera is, you know, st you know, still got a little banged up, going to even fall short of five war, though. Boy, that's really seeming to uh, jump on a guy given that he... <laughs> I have to mention, I don't know why I didn't. I mentioned in the comments today. And I think I meant, yeah, I mentioned it in our Slack. The White Sox right now, barring a huge, huge final weekend, they certainly didn't put up incredible offensive numbers in the win today as we're recording, uh, have zero, what was it? What was the number I did? It, they have the, 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 their least offensive war they've had in their history as a team. I, I think war. you said they had 1.0 war 1 .0. as offensively. Yeah. And I, I included a tweet. I'm not sure it was entirely accurate. I didn't check it. So somebody said that the, the White Sox starting lineup today had a had a negative three war. Yeah. Cumulatively, like yeah. of their starting lineup today. So yeah. yeah. One point one point zero war in twenty twenty three. And that is really almost almost twice as bad as even the second place. That's 2013. 1.7 war. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it seems sort of, you know, silly to say, geez, Luis, you didn't get the five war. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. Go, go. No, go ahead. I said, so that, that's what I mean. Like, do you know how hard it is to put together a fucking replacement level roster when you have an, like a guy who's going to finish top five in MVP? Voting? Yes. Yes. Like, that's actually like impressively yes. difficult. You know, that's, that's what I mean with the repetitive thing is that mm -hmm. like, there are too many yeah. of these guys who are not replacement level players at their core. for that. Yeah. Yeah. There was a time early in the sea. I think when I did the first race at the bottom, I wanted to see what the lowest war, the lowest leading war for a white Sox team ever was. And I don't remember what I came up with. Cause I, basically I wanted to see what, you know, what you were getting at uh, Maliki. And that is just how much, how dominant has it ever been in the past? I want to say there was a season where like Luke Appling had a like 3.4 war and that led the team. Um, I don't know if that's, I, I'll have to look to see if that actually stands as like the lowest lead, team leading war in White Sox history. It might be, uh, but yeah, the fact that, you know, so, I mean, I'm no, certainly not picking on Luis for not getting to five war at all. He's our rare bright spot, but the fact that uh, Gregor Santos really did sort of hit his, almost 100th percentile outcome you could argue um is is something that's you know now that ryan took luis robert uh, I'll, I'll i'll take gregory santos that's something positive but really let's face it what's the positive we're, we're ignoring this room uh it, it would be all all the front office firings except for the fact that they immediately offset that with their front office hiring so that can't even really be a positive i guess we could all point to that 45 minutes when han was gone and we hadn't learned about like Dayton Moore possibly joining the team, or that Chris Getz will just be given the job. Uh, that wonderful, blissful 45-minute yeah, window. Yeah. The news coming down of Han being fired and good old Bob Nightingale floating out yeah. there that Chris Chris Getz is the yeah. leading internal uh, contender, which might as well have been a tweet that he's been hired. Right? And it was a foregone conclusion. And you missed it, right? Like, you weren't even yeah. here. You didn't even get I to know. like celebrate with us yeah. we were all excited i was yeah, as short-lived as it was yes, i was blissfully ignorant i had i had zero clue until i got back i wasn't checking anything i had no idea yeah and it was that was pretty surprising because we i mean we talked about this is are these guys ever going to go are they going to get canned how's it ever going to happen and i think 
pretty much to a wand. We all said, no, no, no. I think Tommy was somebody who was like, oh, yeah, you know, they're going to do a big teardown or, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, there were a few outlier answers and I was probably pretty aggressive and negative about the team. But, yeah, I didn't necessarily think it was going to happen. And I think it, towards the end of the season, by the second half, I think I actually said Rick Hahn was sounding like a guy who was, I think I said he was going to resign. But, I mean, you know, gone. Sort of like partial points, maybe. Uh, yeah. Boy, I missed it. You tried. Supposedly. Oh, well, wait till next decade, Brett. Maybe you'll get to enjoy the sole highlight of White Sox baseball. Hey, everybody, thank you for joining us. This has been so very nice to have you. Again, what is wrong with you listeners and readers and viewers? What are you doing paying attention to White Sox podcast at this time in history? Well, we're happy you're here. We're happy you're with us. We're happy you're listening. Actually, we're going to have more. We are going to have a podcast after the finale. We'll be celebrating only 98 losses or celebrating 101 loss, or you know, whatever it's going to be, pick your celebration. We're probably going to be celebrating no matter what, because guess what? The season is over. That is going to be worthy of celebration. <laughs> Cue the buzz for Ryan for sure. Uh, yes, we are going to get our way through it. We will have a podcast on Sunday live or instantly up or post-game podcast, whatever we're calling it. You know, normally the idea for post-game podcast started as post no hitters, post playoff well now we really got a scrape it's just season's over uh next year we'll probably have a post game one for when the white Sox lose like 20 to 1 against houston or Celebrating something 100 losses yes, it is coming uh not yet and the white Sox still do actually have to lose this last series to get to 100 we'll see how much want to they have they have impressed us all year with their willingness to scrape the bottom of the american league in baseball and just pure reality so if you just had to guess, you'd say we are going to be celebrating somehow triple digit losses on Sunday. We'll be doing that. We got some history stuff coming up. We got our predictions post whatever shame hall of shame podcast. We have a lot of stuff in the off season. Again, that's, that's going to be like the fun stuff because this season certainly wasn't, but we were certainly uh, proud and happy to have so many of you with us listening and watching and reading. Uh, don't blame me for this being trying. I'm glad you don't have any great easy options to turn to, like, I don't know, Chicago Bears or something, or like politics or anything. So, you know, with the state of the world, stick with us in the White Sox. At least you got a, a family and friends who love you and appreciate you and can suffer with you. Uh, all right. Um, pour one out for the White Sox at 100 losses. It's coming. Uh, we'll see all of you on Sunday. Thank you, Malachi. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you, Ryan, for being with me. Three of our vets and coverage, all with losing records this year. Oh, hey, who in the room doesn't? Who in the room is not going to have a losing record this year? You think I don't fix this stuff? The host and the editor of the site gets to fix things. Over 500. Me and Jackie, talk about good vibes right here. I cover the games. The White Sox win. We'll see what happens because the true test is tonight, my last game covering. I could tie Jackie for a coverage record this year. I could have the most wins. Anyway, uh, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Malachi, Melissa, Ryan. See you in a few days. We got another one coming at you, and you're definitely not ready for it, but we'll all celebrate. We'll all drink together. See you then.